Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode two of I Am Not a Poet. I am Kaylee, and today I have something really special to share with you guys. So, a year ago, I lost someone in my family. It is my great uncle Sammy, and he was such a wonderful person. What a wonderful human being to be on this earth. Just looking through things and looking at some past pieces, I'm really excited to share one of my favorites with you guys. But first, I'm going to read through part of an email that, that he had sent. I had a marvelous time in Asheville a couple weeks ago, back in those beautiful mountains that I love so much. Enjoyed immensely the Folk Art Museum and the slow drive across the Blue Ridge Parkway for a late lunch at Pisgah Inn. Breathtaking views. I was reminded why I prefer mountains to beaches and deserts. All due respect to y'all and the majority who prefer beaches. (laughs) So I myself uh, love the mountains. So my family is, is from Western North Carolina, family in Asheville, Brevard, Pisgah Forest, Hendersonville, Um, it's, it's my home away from home. Even if I didn't grow up there, I had to grow up near the beaches, (laughs) but I can relate to him on the mountains. There's just, there's just no better place. We actually spread his ashes, uh, a couple months ago and to the river that leads down Looking Glass Falls and Pisgah Forest and... It was just so beautiful. We read his poetry and it was it was really nice. Now I'll tell you guys that one thing about my Uncle Sammy, <laughs> he would not ever want anyone to make a big fuss about his death. He's just not that kind of person. He's very straightforward, very simple, and he's very much missed but I'm going to be reading a poem and it is called Blood Enough One Squinting hard he shot the squirrel as the first slant of high sky morning sun wiped the last remnants of the fog from October air his dad slapped his 12 year old shoulder pride in the shot and maybe something else the boy's first and last kill. He felt surprise as his unskilled aim's awkward accuracy, the jolt of grown-up manly approval. Then he watched the body soft bouncing off the limbs and the gold red leaves, the barely discernible sound as it hit the forest floor. They left it at the tree's broad base, the Browning's .22 hole small, slight tinge of blood, dead. He told his granddad about it, unsure and halting in the telling, trying to get it right, revulsion and shame, luck in the shot, the aching gift of his dad's response, the way his eye and finger and somehow true aim the rifle's precision and the cold hard bullet had done what all were supposed to do, the shot's slight crack reverberating in his ears along with the sickening sound of the lifeless flesh bouncing downward through the tall, beautiful tree in the brightening autumn sun clearing pure cool. 3. The old man knew the boy wanted assurance more than understanding. 
that it was a step toward manhood. Proof of prowess in some raw exchange and bond connecting dads and sons. His need to show and prove whatever was shown and proved more important than the end of the small gray animal. And the questions, unspoken, at the heart of it all, was his loathing of the doing, the dying, the leaving, weakness, disrespect, failure in who he was and who he should grow to be? Was he damaged, incomplete, lessened by his hating, what he'd done and what they'd left while basking in the shot's trueness and the feel he'd ached for and the shoulder slap approval? Four. Decades later, the man remembered his grandfather's counsel. He'd smiled first and said, That shot was worthy of pride. And the smile was gone. Killing and leaving, though. The man still could see the frown, hear the long pause. Your dad, a good man, did something wrong in the whole of it, even if his heart was right. You take, he'd said, what you feel and know is worth feeling and knowing. Good and bad, sometimes things get mixed up. That's what people do, not always knowing, thinking through. It's okay to love part, hate part, and you're fine and good and don't worry about failure or damage or such, because I tell you this now and true. There'll be blood enough in time to learn the truth of this and of your dad and of yourself. Five. There'll be time enough, his granddad said. And there's blood enough, the man had learned, even when there is no blood. Even now, in his seventh decade, when part was clear and the good could not be denied, right and wrong got tangled. Few pure paths he'd found, and it was often hard to figure fault, or at least not enough to shape or shame or judge with righteous certainty. That's what people do, the old man had said. Even dads with good, fine hearts and sons who pull the trigger. There'll be blood enough, and time, the old man had said. And there was. Now I must say, I must have read that like five times <laughs> when he first sent it. I couldn't, I couldn't help but to just read it over and over because I just thought it had so many great points to it. And... We could talk about the psychology, nature versus nurture, and debate all day on that, but I'm here to offer a perspective. Do you understand this, boy? I know I myself cannot truly relate to a situation such as this. It's different being a daughter than to be a son, but what stands out to me is when he spoke about what you feel and know is worth feeling and knowing, good and bad. Sometimes things get mixed up. That's what people do, not always knowing and thinking through. I feel it's very common that children aren't often told these words. As adults, even, how aware are we? How aware are you of yourself? Do you think things through? Is it valid? These are just open questions. Have we as adults forgotten? Or have we been desensitized? Approval versus morals is something that really pops out to me here. And 
the the poem is based very loosely on a true story uh he (laughs) he emphasized very loosely but the points that he made i thought were really great your dad a good man did something wrong in the whole of it even if his heart was right for me being a mother i have two sons myself it it really opened my eyes and into you know how how am i raising my children am i raising them with morals or am i raising them to gain my approval against the morals that maybe they have themselves i can only i can only teach them what i know <laughs> it's funny how that works I feel like we grow up thinking, when I have kids, I'm going to do things this way. But you you kind of tend to take on certain things from your parents, and every situation is different. But even now, I find myself parenting slightly like my mom. <laughs> Not intentionally, but I do, I do try to keep a very open mind when it comes to things like morals and a sense of approval because I would never want to I would never want to overstep that boundary for them I would never want them to go against a moral for my approval it that doesn't seem fair to me I want them to know that you know the way that they feel is valid and I don't know I just thought that poem really opened my eyes to that a different perspective A perspective from a child, really, and what was gained from that at the end, being 70 years old and realizing that there are so many paths that are just impure, but that doesn't mean that along the way that there wasn't goodness in the heart. Like the dad was not trying to be malicious, but was he desensitized to be able to take the life of that squirrel when the child felt it was wrong? What, I just can't even imagine being the child and going through that, trying to accept the approval that he did something right, but it feels so wrong. It just reminds me to always be self-aware and to keep that open-mindedness and to be able to instill that into my kids. I think that's really important. I don't ever remember anyone telling me when I was little that my feelings were valid. I think it was more so children are told you behave like this because this is what needs to happen. <laughs> and in a way that's not really fair. You know, with an open mind, the child has just the purest mind and the most open perspective. So many questions and I have heard them all almost. There's still time for more. <laughs> that was one of my favorite poems from my uncle Sammy and it really did open my eyes I thought it was really great 
You are so very much missed, Uncle Sammy. And Nadine, if you ever get a chance to listen to this, I've been thinking about you. Lots of love to you. I know we're all thinking about Sammy at this time. And I'm just really glad that that you are part of the family. And we love you very much. And I'm going to read one of my own that I wrote and that deals with validation for feelings and it is titled aloud you are allowed to hide you are allowed to lock the door turn off the lights and stay inside you are allowed to silence everyone curse the moon the sun and even time but darling I promise you I see you in this darkness for it is also mine you do not have to answer the door but I will always be waiting here outside and I understand that you need this space, for I know the battle takes place in your mind, and I know you hear me knocking, and as long as you know I'm here, I'll be fine. So I cannot help but to check on you, for I care about your well-being as if we're entwined. But more than anything, you are allowed, allowed to take this journey, allowed to realign. I understand it is only in your nature, but do not allow the darkness to keep you blind, because as sure as I know the sun will set, I know for a fact that it will also rise, and you are not alone in this. If you were, you wouldn't be looking to the skies, searching for the one who resonates with you, the one who lights the sky in the darkest nights. I am there as well, I assure you. This burden will never just be your fight. You are surrounded by so much love, so take your time. Peace is not out of sight. And that really is just a reminder for anybody. If you have anyone that you care about, I feel like it is so important to give them that space and to understand that some people really just do need that validation from the people that they care about that the way that they feel is always okay even going through hard times people that want to be alone i know i am one of those people that needs time away to kind of shut the world out to just rejuvenate and to recharge myself and and that's okay and I have to remind people that are close to me, like, it's not you. This is just something that I have to do on my own. So how do you guys recharge? Maybe you're different. Maybe you need people around you to recharge and to recalibrate your mind. Maybe you don't need that alone time. And that's okay, too. You are allowed. Absolutely allowed. <laughs> So if you guys have anything to ask or to comment about today's episode and about the pieces that I read today, please feel free to send me an email at IamNotAPoet at Yahoo.com. We also have the Instagram up. I posted a couple things. Still not fancy. I don't think I have any followers <laughs> and I'm not following anyone. I'm just kind of going with the flow with it, but that is I am not dot a poet and that is on instagram so i'd love to hear feedback from you guys and as always i will see you next week bye